Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, David, we've had the opportunity to use our Nord accounts in the last couple of weeks. Um, as someone who hasn't had a, a, an overwhelming experience with uh, using virtual networks, I'm really enjoying being able to use uh, my Nord account. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with a background in it, it's proven to be to be really, really important to you. Well, yeah, I used to work in web for a number of years. And in fact, that was my interest in web that made me start a podcast, you know, and then get interested in all the, the new things you could do. Uh, and therefore, internet security has always been something that, that I take a special interest in because I think like most people now, Cammy, I do so much of uh, my life is, is, is online and so much of it is important stuff like banking and whatnot. So it really is important to me to know that I'm using something that's quite safe and that I'm, I'm making sure my details are as safe as they can be. Because I've had the thing in the past where, you know, I've had to change bank cards and it's a pain in the neck and, you know, takes ages to get reset. So I'm keen to avoid that any way that I can. And especially we're using things like public Wi-Fi networks, which, you know, hackers love. That's the kind of places hackers go to. So knowing that I just need to flip on the NordVPN and I'm safe and protected is huge. It will allow you access into different streaming services as well, but they have the option of over 59 different countries. Uh, so you can change your virtual location with just one click as well, uh, which gives you some real opportunities to be able to go to get loads of different um, content, no matter what your entertainment is going to be, David. And I think that, as you've said, living in that kind of virtual world now, um, it just really opens up all the different benefits to it as well. And personally speaking, uh, as someone who is similar to yourself, just does so much stuff online, but you're out and about constantly as well. Having that kind of sense of security is also really, really important too. Yeah, it sounds geeky. Uh, and I admit to being a big geek, but it's really not. It's it's just something that I think with anybody who uses things to, to make their life easier this helps you know this this just puts your mind at rest a wee bit and it's something i'm always banging on to uh to to my stepdaughter and, and to my wife to make sure that, that they use it too so i've used many vpns in the past but but nord is the market leader for a reason it's the best one 
and it was the one I would have recommended anyway. Uh, never mind the fact that, that we're sponsored by them now. But it's it's a really good tool. It's really useful if you need to take a short holiday for any reason. Then it's the it's the ideal thing for that. But for me, the the main thing is that I know flip this on and that's me nice and secure and I can go about my business without having to worry that I'm going to have to run the risk of exposing my, my my personal information to people that really shouldn't get a hold of it. You can get a NordVPN account as well through Heart and Hand with a fantastic discount as well. If you could go to nordvpn.com uh, forward slash heart and hand, H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D-H-A-N-D. Um, you'll be able to go straight into a benefit site, which will then give you a discount on that. If for whatever reason the, the uh, discount isn't there, you can just write into the coupon box, heart and hand, all one word, and you'll be able to then have your discount applied there as well. Go on and check it out, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. David and I both love it, uh, and we'd love to get you uh, using it as well to provide that safety and security, and more importantly, peace of mind. Thanks now. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week and my name is Cammy Bell. I am uh, your host as always on Extra and this week I've got a little special surprise for everyone and a wee treat for me too by being joined by my very good friend Mr Colin McMillan. Colin, uh, thank you for coming on Extra. Uh, we've got loads to talk about but uh, that's great because it means that the proper football's back and it feels like we're now getting into the season proper. Yes, hi Cammy. thanks for having me on. Always good to be on Extra. And it's good that extra is a thing again, because it means that the football's back. We've got weekend football, midweek football coming up. We've got weekend football in two, almost midweek games that are coming up next next week. So it's a great time to be watching Rangers. Yeah, absolutely is. It absolutely is. So what we'll we'll jump straight into, Colin, is uh, obviously since David's flagship on Monday, uh, our Champions League qualifiers continued and we went across to Sweden um, and unfortunately uh, lost 2-1 to Malmo. Um, the team started uh, with McGregor in goal, Tavernier, Holander, Goldson, Barisic, Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis, uh, John Lundstrom, with a forward three of Scott Wright, Cedric Hitton and Ryan Kent. Yanis um, Hadji did travel, um, Colin, he wasn't able to feature, unfortunately, but when you saw that team, um, I thought that that's a team that's you know relatively comfortable, should be able to, to go out and, and, and have a pretty good performance. And by and large, it did. Um, I think the you know the result aside, and some goals that we'll obviously talk about in just a second. Um, I thought we went across there and we started the game well. I thought we started brightly. Uh, I thought Cedric Kitten was was uh, performing some magnificent hold up play. Um, and uh, again, like I say, I thought it was all you know really uh, starting off on a really positive note. Yeah, I mean, we spoke on, on the Patreon site immediately after the game, and one of the good things about the Extra Show is that we've had a couple of days to decompress, take it all in, and also hear from the manager a couple of times, Cameron, so you you kind of understand a little bit more about the, the squad decisions that night and the team decisions, and you get the bigger picture of it, and in retrospect, we did play okay, we had a brain fart for two minutes at the start of the second half, which almost ruined it all for us. But we didn't crumble off the back of that and we managed to come back in and we kept going and kept going up until the 95th minute and we kept that tie alive. Um, I don't think any of the players particularly let themselves down. There's just other players you'd rather have seen 
it's probably the best way of putting it. But n- nobody was thinking, nobody was awful. There's nobody I'm really going to complain about. It's just a squad game, and the players we picked on that night weren't probably the first eleven. Um, but you're not going to get that at this stage in the season. I'm still getting, I'm still getting my head around. Obviously, no, no away goals, all that kind of stuff as well. And 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 watching that call and going in at half time, I'm thinking to myself. I don't use the old cliche of, you know, the, the away goal counts double and stuff, but obviously you remove that from your thought process about where you're at. So now you're kind of just thinking to yourself, you know, if we could get a 1-0 win or we could just come away with a draw or whatever, that's acceptable. But the way we had been playing up to halftime, I thought, now, a, a goal was starting to come into it. Mamo were playing quite a high line defensively. I, they, they could be got at uh, in terms of obviously what was happening. Um, and then... And I suppose, and, and we've had time to digest about it, and you're right, when we were doing the post-match on Patreon, uh, the immediate thought process or the immediate you know, scenario you put into your head is the fact that um, we're just so, we're just not used to conceding goals, and we're not used to conceding goals so quickly next to each other, and we're absolutely not used to being able to see a defence uh, that has performed so well last season almost be the master of its own downfall with a couple of uh, slips, you know, a couple of judgmental errors, however you want to call it, uh, with some of the guys involved within that. Um, and then five minutes after the second half whistle blew, we're 2-0 down. And, you know, if you're like me, you're kind of thinking to yourself, you know, where the hell has this come from? Absolutely. Um, it was a shock to the system because of the season that we've just come out of where we, we didn't lose stupid goals, we didn't have these things to contend with. It was, I don't I can't remember us going two 0 down in many games if at all. Um it it just didn't happen. So it was a bit of a reset for us as well and a reminder that even at this qualifying stage, Cami, this Champions League is a completely different game in some ways to the Europa League. And these teams are on it. I don't think it helped the fact either and I think you saw that during the game that Malmo aren't a better team than us. They don't have better players than us. But they have played, what was it, 17 competitive games so far yeah, this season. Yeah, they're, they're um, quite, quite a way into their season, yeah. Massively into their season. They've also got a friendly FA that postponed their matches at the weekend to give them to make them super fresh for Tuesday. Um, so they had all that benefit as well. And I think wait, that wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, sorry. Uh, you, you lost me there. So you're talking about a club that has a really positive relationship with its football association, so much so to the degree that they actually help them when they've got a European game coming up. Apparently it does happen in some countries. Um, it took me a while to get my head around it as well. But yeah, it's, it is a thing. It's definitely a thing. And you saw that because, like I say, they're not better than us, Cammy, in many areas, if any. Um, but they do have that those fitness levels, those match fitness levels that you're still probably aspiring to get to. And just the, the, the general feeling that you have as a team when you're playing games regularly and you have done for two, three months already, that was the benefit they had. We saw the high line that they played. Um, they probably played defensively far better than any of us expected them to do. We knew that defensively that was where we could probably get at them. And they played out with their skins defensively in that game. Um, we had a couple of opportunities, we had a couple of chances that kind of fell at the last gasp as well, um, some bad decision making and some things just not sticking um, but I mentioned on the post-match and I still kind of stand by it that I do think we played particularly in that two minute spell the very worst that we could do and they played the very best that they could do on that night which gives me enormous confidence going into Tuesday at Ibrox not to mention the fact that we're going to have 50,000 people now confirmed in the ground so up for this and I know the whole 12-man thing is a bit of a exaggeration at times. I don't believe it's going to be an exaggeration on Tuesday. I think that that 12-man is going to help road us onto victory. 
Yeah, and and listen, I think that that's what I'm saying. You have to kind of separate the performance from the result because, from a performance perspective, that what we're we going to call it, maybe that that 180 second period right at the 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 beginning of the second half aside. I thought that we we looked fairly composed at times. You're right, we did we did start to stifle their defence quite quite a lot when we were coming forward with the ball. There was times where maybe we looked a bit guilty. I thought Scott Wright played very very well. I thought he played with a real positivity in terms of going forward, and he was always looking to be able to penetrate, carry the team forward, carry the ball forward, um, and he just wanted to go and attack and you know be aggressive with it. Ryan Kent was a bit back and forth in terms of I thought he was he was doing a lot. He doesn't hide Ryan Kent, right? We know that. But there's quite clearly a focus on him. Um and they wanted to be able to try and contain what he could do. And if he was then dropping a bit further back or he was starting to meander in order to be able to try and get the ball, he, you know, at times he could have he cut a very frustrated figure. But that's only because he wants to do more, like he wants to try, he will not, you know, fade into the background. Uh, I was I was questioning a little bit around some of our crossing ability. I didn't think that we were the best there, but as you mentioned, Malmo, they do have a good defence. They do have a set defence which plays well together, and I think that there is a good understanding there amongst that group. But we can beat them, and I think Colin, when we got the um, the the, I, I want to call we, we we got the almost the pivotal goal of the game in the ninety fifth minute with a Stephen Davis. Uh, hit that was a deflection and by the way folks just in case if anyone's wanting a little laugh to themselves please jump on to BBC Sports Sound and listen to the description <laughs> of that goal because it, it, it's amazing to listen to that goal thinking that that commentary team are talking about a team scoring a goal away from home in Europe of one of their, their own national clubs it is crazy but anyway that aside the thing that was most telling to me at that point, Colin, was the Malmo players looked burst. Like that was the the I, I think a, a huge hammer blow for them um, in terms of conceding that goal solely on from from Davo. And I think that uh, there'll be a part to that. I think you're totally right in terms of the twelfth man at Ibrox. Yes, it's a cliche, etc. But we know that Ibrox can absolutely uh, roar when we're on European nights. The manager has called out for us to be able to do that. I've got zero doubt that everybody within a, a packed Ibrox will certainly respond to that call. Um, and although we're not talking about away goals and we're not in that space anymore, that goal in particular, I think, completely burst them. I just think it deflated them so much so to the extent you could see the body language as soon as it went in. And that was the last kick of the game, literally the last kick of the game. Um, but it could be so, so crucial. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think we were out of this tie at 2-0. Um, to be honest, I still think all no, the things that you're okay. saying were probably accurate, other than the, the Malmo's heads going by conceding the goal. And when Davis scored, um, I, I was still celebrating the final whistle when it was that close to the last kick of the ball. And you could see those Malmo's players c- kind of just storming off the pitch. And you could see that they thought, we've ruined this year. We've really, really opened this door to these guys. Um, and they've made it a heck of a lot more achievable. Um, like I say, not that I don't think 2-0 was unachievable. I still think we could have done it from 2-0. Um, but at 2-1, we just need to go out and attack. We need to play our game at Ibrox. And Malmo did not look to me as like a team that we can't score two goals against the Ibrox. Like if you if you were to say to me that we can't not we can't beat Malmo at Ibrox 2-0 or by two goals, then I'd just say I don't believe you. Um, I, I think the players coming back, the crowd... And what it means, and knowing going into the game as well, Cammy, it's just the second leg of a match, so you know going into it exactly what's required of you. You don't have to play that 
game of this is the first leg, just keep it tight, hopefully sneak something in, take it home. You know exactly what we need to do going into that game. Stephen Gerrard can tell the team we've got 90 minutes, I need you to go out there, do this, and take us into this next round. And it's so, so, so important. And like you say, the fans, the managers out asking for the fans to play their part. Everybody's buzzing to get there. I've been lucky enough to be at three games so far this season. Steadily seeing the capacity get bigger and bigger and bigger in each of them. And the noise get bigger and bigger in each of them. And to say I'm excited about what the noise 50,000 people is going to make on Tuesday is a massive understatement. I think my kind of rallying, I've been saying to a few people this week, is if you kind of log into work or go into work on Wednesday and you've still got a voice and your throat's not sore, then you haven't really done your part on Tuesday night. <laughs> and that's that's how I see it going. I do think we're going to have enough to go through. And that goal in particular has, has given us the kind of emphasis to go ahead and do that. Yeah, and, and you know, it'd be remiss of us not to talk about what obviously lies ahead of us prior to Malmo, which is uh, Rangers' visit to, to Tannadice uh, tomorrow. Um this will be an interesting game, I think, obviously, first away game of the season. We're only in to, to week two, match day two, however you want to be able to call it. Um, it's going to be difficult because whilst we are getting to the stage, as, you, as you've already pointed out, in terms of allowing fans back into stadia, we're beginning to see the openings of away fans being allowed back in, but there won't be away fans in Tanadice tomorrow. Um, there's a real... I want to say there's a history, obviously, between ourselves and Dundee United to be able to take it further. I think it's maybe diluted a little bit. Maybe that's been because of you know changes in chairman, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't seem as if the vitriol has been able to, to get back. I also think as well, United have realised there are various steps beneath us in class, um, as much as they might have thought that they could have got back to a slightly elevated position. It's going to be an interesting challenge, and it's going to be interesting because the manager at this morning's press conference was asked around... Uh, you know, the approach to the game, he is aware that, that Thomas Coates has replaced Mickey Mellon now. Um, and a, and a, a slightly unique set of circumstances in the fact that although Coates has got experience under his belt, he was a manager at Kelly Hearts for five years. He's, I think he's, he's covered something like 300 games. He wasn't within coaching positions within the Dundee United setup. He came from there like he was the head of analytics. And so he's now obviously moved into the managerial hot seat. I think it raised a few eyebrows when people uh, first heard about the appointment. I think that United fans weren't necessarily sold because they obviously wanted an out-and-out manager or coach to be able to come in and, and, and take it over. And I think Stephen Gerrard realises that there's going to be a change in the way that United play. He, he does talk about them being able to try and come out more, play it out from the back, being able to try and do that. But I also reflect back to a point that, that Dave Martindale um, made... Uh, following the Livingston game where the, the, the Levy manager had said, you know, Rangers keep the ball so well, they retain the ball so well, it's going to be very, very hard for teams to beat them. Now, this is opposition managers saying this, and Martindale's a good guy, right? He does have his head switched on, and, and you know, he, he's a football guy, and he will call it how he sees it without bias. So it's very rare to hear opposition managers provide you with open compliments. But I think that within the United team, They'll be under a kind of new structure. I think that they'll go out without a degree of fear and also call and there is the unbeaten record which is continuing to, to run and run. It is. Um, it's, it's an interesting set of circumstances that Dundee United with this new manager that most people don't know that much about Cammy. He comes from an analytics background, like you say, which means he probably is quite forward thinking. He's probably got some great ideas. The concern always from a Dundee United point of view is does he have the personnel to make those ideas a reality? Um, I know he started off playing a back three and could try to use the wing backs. He spoke in his, his own presser this morning about how he says his Dundee United team are going to be a high energy attacking team 
and they're going to go to clubs and try and take the game to people. I really, really hope that's true because if they do do that against us, Cammy, then there only is one winner. We will exploit that and we will exploit it quite badly. Um, I just have this inkling in my head that all those good ideas will fall by the wayside after a minute or two when Rangers arrive and they see what we can do and that back three will very quickly become a back five and we could come up against the standard kind of Scottish league game opposition that we come up against so often. Um, interesting point as well, their fans went back in the stadium, they were away at Aberdeen last weekend so this is their, their fans' first league, at league chance to go to the game as well. And I know there's been a bit of a change of the guard at boardroom level and stuff at Dundee United and the vitriol's kind of diluted a little bit, certainly from club to club level, I would say. I probably would imagine it hasn't so much from the fans' point of view. They'll be delighted that their first game back is against us and they'll be looking forward to screaming and shouting at us and trying to put it up as. So I hope the players are ready for that because it's one thing as well that we haven't experienced. I don't know if that was another thing that happened in Sweden on Tuesday night as well, being up against a hostile crowd or a loud crowd. I don't know how hostile the normal crowd can be singing Mamma Mia songs. I, but. I was about to say, yeah, when you start belting out ABBA songs, there's a little bit of that whole, it doesn't you know, feel like as if it's the whole welcome to hell type thing. <laughs> yeah. doesn't really do. But listen, you're absolutely right. I think it's a great point in terms of, yeah, you, you know, this will be the... the uh, their first time playing away in front of a, a home stadium with as many fans as they can possibly pack into it. And Tanadice is a, is a stadium which is close to the pitch. Do you, I mean, you are on top of the action when you're in there as well. Um, again, it could be the case that because of COVID, because of the gap, because of that changing in the guard that you mentioned, they might be able to shift some more tickets and therefore, you know, the, the, there will be a, a, a abnormally high number of people within the ground. And as you say, all of whom will, will probably jointly look to be able to try and take a piece out of us. One of the things that's interesting, though, Colin, is, is we've, we've, we've kind of spoken about, and, and heart in hand, um, are the, one of the official media partners uh, with Rangers for season 21-22, and that allows us the opportunity to attend press conferences, which I did this morning. And one of the things that I was curious to ask the manager was around how do you see the squad being utilised? Because in the next seven days, we have Dundee United in the, in the league, we obviously have Malmo in the Champions League qualifier next Tuesday, and then next Friday we have them firm in the in the League Cup. So there is going to have to be some some necessary rotation. We've obviously um, now had George Edmondson has, has left the squad, George Jones has left the squad, Glenn Middleton um, at time of recording looks very likely to be returning to St Johnston on loan. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he utilises uh, those players and how he tries to be able to try and keep it fresh because these are not. With the Fairland aside, these are not going to be easy games in the next few days. They're not going to be easy games um, at all. Um, they'd like to think the Fairland and Friday night in the Cup will be, and it'll be an opportunity for some of the more fringe players to, to make appearances and try and do something. But yeah, the, the league games are our bread and butter. They're so, so important. They, every one of them is important. And the Champions League speaks for itself about the importance of it in terms of the money it can bring in and just the the general well-being that can bring in in terms of getting our club back where where they belong and where they should be. Um, there's there's a big part of our so-called journey back to where we should be, which came to a bit of a conclusion, uh, becoming champions and winning 55 last season, Cammy. But I think there's an, an extra little bit added onto that, which we all want, which is hearing that Champions League music playing at iBooks again as well. So it's massively, massively important. And I think the manager responded to you quite well this morning with your question in that Yes, it is a big week and he is going to have to use his squad, but that's not new. Um, he's, he's had to do that already in previous seasons and he's going to have to do it, hopefully, throughout the season um, as European competition increases and continues. Um, the bigger thing for me probably is that we're 
continuously, season after season, becoming stronger squad-wise. Since the manager came in, he's always had a decent 11, Cammy. He's, he got a decent 11 quite quickly. But the squad and replacements when they had to come in wasn't that great. You, you were seeing, I don't like to name players, but guys like Flanagan coming in as, as one example, as a replacement when he needed to change in defence. Now you've actually got quality in the squad that when everybody's fit, you've almost got two players in every position, which is what he's been trying to build to. Two decent players that can come in and almost complement each other in the shape, the tactics, and what we do as a team doesn't really change in that regard. And that's where you're going to see Stephen Gerrard making his money this season and picking the right players for the right games and making the right decisions. And um, that's probably where it's going to come into the squad game. It's not a case of bringing in lesser players. It's just picking the correct players for the correct games and keeping the right ones fit for the right games. And um, that's why he sits in that dugout and not me, thankfully, making those decisions, because it's not <laughs> going to be easy. I think um, what's interesting about that, and as we've, we've kind of talked about it, and I do want to come on to some, some specific players in just a second, but as we've spoken about there and been able to use that, I suppose a, a, a raising quality, and I don't want to disrespect the players who were here prior and you know even prior to Gerard, etc., because I think that what you saw was a transitional... A uh, series of squads is probably the best way you could put it, where you knew that the challenge you'd have to step up with. So there's a difference in, in, in layman's terms, there's a difference to, between us going for the second division title to us looking to be able to get into the Champions League. So there obviously would have to be a step up in quality within that. And I think what's interesting with what you see now, Colin, as well, is that last season going for 55 and having those, I mean, the expectation was already there, but it, be, it became the weight almost became greater because as the season progressed and you were playing so well and, you know, you had the clean sheet record that was there and then you had the defensive record, you know, all of that kind of stuff as well in terms of what was happening. You really had that kind of full idea of this expectation is growing and growing and growing, but it's because it's going to become a reality. And now with the players having achieved that, what I'm interested to get your thoughts on is, does that then allow them the opportunity with more freedom or does it then give them the chance to say, right, we need, now need to look at what the next target is. We know that the manager is desperate to win a cup. So even with Dunfermline next week, he will not take any of these games lightly. But he has to effectively manage his resources because, you know, this is almost like, you know, wintertime fixtures that they just come so thick and fast. And to play three games across three competitions in seven days, um, you know, that that's what it's about being at Rangers. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Um, obviously, from a fan base point of view and everybody associated with the club, we've been going for 55, um, Cammy, since since the full whistle at Rugby Park that day that Kyle Lafferty won his 54. Um, we've had our eyes on 55 since then, and it's taken us a hell of a long time to get there. And I, I suppose in some ways last season, the individual records that we were going for in terms of clean sheets records and least goals conceded records and games on our home records and stuff like that, they're really, really important, I think, because it gave the team something to work towards and something to aim for because the league was tied up so, so quickly. Um, and we, we gave ourselves our own little different pressures and little different things to work towards. I don't think it's going to be as, as easy as that this season. And it's going to come with a whole lot of new set of pressures. The pressure last year was winning the league, winning a title, getting 55 and getting that, that monkey off our back, so to speak. Now we have to go out and defend a title and show that Last season wasn't a one-off. We weren't just breaking a, a team's a, a team's run and coming in and winning one league and then going to sit back again. We need to start our own period of dominance. And I hope the players are setting little targets and 
little goals for each player and individually and that's the way we're working as a team. Last season it was all about take each game at a time um, and I don't think that will change massively this season. I, th- I just think we've got a different set of responsibilities this season and a different set of goals that we look to achieve and it's it's probably bigger goals and bigger asks and he's asking more from the players but these players haven't let them down in that regard. If you look at what they achieved last season they massively overachieved and knowing the manager the way we do he's only going to want more overachievement and more from them. Um, a bigger probably point is from a fan point of view, Cammy, with can fans going back into the stadium. I'd like to think we're going to be a little, be a little bit calmer and a little bit a little bit more patient at times if we need to be because we've got 55, because we're back, because we are back being Scotland's leading club and the, the champions, the title holders, everything that goes with it. We've done that, we've achieved that, and we've experienced it now. So maybe the odd game that takes 20, 30 minutes for us to get into it or going behind early, you might hopefully see a little bit more of a calm and subdued Ibrox when that happens rather than the fuck's sake brigade or anything else that you sometimes get. But who knows? I, I, I did hear the odd fuck's sake during the Real Madrid game, so who, who am I to say? <laughs> so we'll, yeah. we'll see. But in a perfect world, you like to think these things will calm us down a little bit, players-wise and fan-wise. And listen, I'm sorry for saying that, but I just found it unacceptable that we conceded goals against Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? We are a better team than that. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the things I do also want to just, just talk to you about as well was something which has kind of came out in the last few days, and the manager spoke about it actually in the press conference today, plus the other uh, attendee of the press conference was Conor Goldson. So there has been a lot of conversation which has been happening regarding the status of Goldson being able to, to sign a new contract. Um, a question which he was asked about uh, this morning. Um, there were some rumours going around that uh, there had been a kind of fallout that, that he had said to representatives that he wanted away, that, that there had been some disharmony, uh, all of which in this morning's press conference he completely debunked. He, he had said that you know he has a very good relationship with Ross Wilson, Stephen Gerrard, uh, that he is, is still in conversation with the club about obviously what's happening. Um, I asked him a question around, you know, his defensive partnerships and how to be able to work on that because I wanted to understand as to whether or not he was still invested within that. And, and I feel the response I got from that was that he is still very invested in terms of what's happening at, at the club at the moment and, uh, you know, what we're looking to achieve. You've just said some of the targets that we're talking about there as a, as a team and also as individuals. Um, I think what we need to be able to try and do is have faith in the fact that the club are taking the, the, the necessary level of due diligence. Um, Goldson is not rushing into it, but it would be nice to get it tied up and, and signed, sealed, delivered, as they say, um, at some point in the near future. Absolutely. He's he's our vice-captain. He's our probably main centre-half. He's so super important to to the club and what we do. Um, it makes sense to want to secure him for a long-term future. We think that we want him to stay with us for a good few more years and play a part in future successes. Or if he's not going to do that, then we want him under contract so that we get the kind of financial reward we get for the development that he's displayed during his time at us. So if he does move on, we get paid handsomely for it. We don't want him just kind of leaving on a, on a free transfer sort of thing. It's not the ideal situation for us at all. Um, there's been paper talk, Cammy, there was paper talk a couple of weeks ago that the contract was signed, which proved to be very, very wrong on behalf of the Daily Record. Um, however, I think speak here and hear him speak this morning, he was saying all the right things. He says he loves it here. He sees himself as being in his prime. He loves the fact that he's now got his family all living up here with him. Um, he says he's playing his best football and he just loves the club. He's never been happier playing football. 
Um, he did mention that he's not really interested in the contract um, negotiations now that the football season started. He's left his agents to deal with it. Um, he said he was happy with what was kind of on the table and it was just getting kind of worked out between his advisors and the club. So you've got to take that at kind of face value, don't you? And just believe that and hope that that's the case. And I believe I think there's far more that's in these contracts nowadays than just you're going to get X amount of money per week signed this year. There's a hell of a lot of due, due diligence from an agent's point of view and everything else that goes on. So there probably is work around the background that might take a while. Um, so it could be an international break or it could be even be January before we actually find out that, that he signed it or he's sat down and done it. But I feel a lot more confident after this morning that he is going to sign a new contract and he is going to stay with us um, because he's been a trustworthy guy so far and you've got to take him at face value of what he's saying. So I was quite impressed and happy with what I heard, but I would be a lot happier if he just said he'd signed it. Yeah, and I agree. And listen, it's, you, you said it earlier on, you, you have to exercise some of that patience, although I do think January might be a bit of a while off. I would like it done ASAP. But I'm yeah, just trying I, to think where international breaks and stuff are. But yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Um, someone else uh, who was discussed today with regards uh, a potential contract extension was Glenn Kamara. The manager had, had mentioned calling that um, we are looking to be able to continue to secure the services of Glenn Kamara and in the... Um, the phrasing of the manager uh, with regards to contract said it was a very strong, very good contract uh, or, or offer that had been put to, to Glenn Kamara and his, his representatives. Um, there's, a, there's a big thing which I'm always keen to try and champion that I love the whole 50 grand Glenn Kamara thing, but there's also a part to that where I think we just absolutely need to put it behind us because we seem to make a big laugh and a joke out the back of it, despite the fact that we won 55 and a number of the players who were nominated for player of the season, we got a free. However, the 50 grand thing always sticks with Glenn Kamara because it's such a ridiculous figure when you consider what he's now worth. Yeah. What's interesting to me will be, uh, you know, how that obviously progresses because we did have a fear that he, he, could, he could be poached. He's, he's got two years left in his current deal, but he could be poached away if he had a really successful Euros. And by and large, I think he did. I think he, made, he gave a very, very good account of himself. And we know that our midfield is better with Glenn Kamara in it. That's really straightforward. Um, but I'd be keen to be able to try and, and, and keep him because I think that he, he's got a major part to play on the number of different um, competitions that we're going to hopefully be across the course of this season. I think it's inevitable, Cammy, that bids are going to come in for this guy, whether it's this window in January or next the next summer. Um, I, I think it is inevitable, um, particularly if we get into the Champions League and he continues to develop and boss games the way he did in the Europa League. Um seen him in the Euros during the summer as well. It, it doesn't you don't get the fear of him getting to the Champions League and suddenly being shown up whatsoever. He, I think he'll hold his own and he'll impress and his value will only go up accordingly. So if we can get a new contract signed, it just protects us a little bit. It rewards him for the work he done to get us to fifty five as well and it just helps us with our transfer fee in a year's time if it does come suddenly time to cash in our chips on Glenn Kamara and let him move on. It just helps us. Going by what the manager said this morning in the press conference about, he emphasised, I think, twice on two separate occasions, how good an offer was on the table for him. It does kind of lead me to think that we're offering him something amongst our top earners, um, which I think is fair. He's, he's one of our top, top players, so it does make sense that he would be on similar sort of money to our top, top players as well. Um, the offer's there. He also, the manager also made it very clear that it had been agreed from a club point of view. Um, he even said that Glenn Kamara's advisors liked the look of the offer as well. It was now down to Glenn Kamara himself to sign it. So 
that sounds as if it's a little bit far along as well. It couldn't be far away, hopefully, from signing it, securing the future, and getting rid of some of the worry you do have when you've got an asset like him getting towards that two years, 18-month spell on their contract. You do have to start playing almost a, a gambling game, so to speak, Cammy, isn't it? About do you keep them while that value goes down? Or do you cash out now while you're still getting a prime resale asset or value towards them as well? It's a, it's a difficult one. It's hard to get right. And getting into a new contract just now, just it just makes it a lot easier. It puts the cards back in our half considerably. So hopefully he signs it. Hopefully he stays with us forever and ever. But that's probably not realistic. <laughs> forever and ever. Love it. Um he, well, the manager did say that he would be able to uh, to reintroduce Glenn Kamara uh, to the squad for the the game at uh, Tannadice and also Alfredo Morelos as well as Kamar Roof. Um, we know that Yanis Hadji won't feature. There may be something I'm keeping everything crossed that potentially that may mean that Hadji may be uh, missing tomorrow in order to to potentially get into consideration for Malmo. We will obviously find out more about that in due course. Uh, but one thing that's really interesting, though, Colin, I think is is uh, how that team will, will line up tomorrow. We do want to see Alfie back from the look of it. You know, he's come back in. There is no way that, you know, giving the guy an exercise bike in a hotel room and giving him some free weights are going to be an effective substitute for, you know, the training that he would normally be doing. Um, but I think of an Alfredo Morelos literally sitting, choking to be able to play football. He didn't get a lot of game time, obviously, with Colombia, so therefore... As much as we can say, you know, he's been away in international duty, we also know that his minutes have been very, very limited. So he will have the bit between his teeth in terms of being able to come back in um, and, you know, being able to, to bring him back in against Dundee United would be nice if he could get a, a goal or two, you know. Absolutely. You can only imagine in that Columbia dressing room every every game when he finds out he's not playing, just how angry he would have been. Um, but he, he wasn't on his jollies for the whole summer. Like um, He was over at the Copa America. He was part of a training camp. You'd imagine he was keeping fit. He had the two-week holiday he was entitled to. He came back quarantine and started his his work in the in the room. Like we saw saw the videos of him out running in the car park as well. And thankfully today, uh, I think the Rangers media have started tweeting out some pictures of him actually properly training, which is great to see. Um, he will be desperate to play, desperate to score goals. Um, you know what he's like. We've seen Fashion Sakala coming in. We've seen Cedric Eaton playing more games. He's a he's he's not a guy who likes to share the goals. He will want to be in there and showing that he's our number one. I don't think he likes again. to. I don't think he even wants to share his position. I've got that no. thing, that <laughs> meme of State Brothers. You know the whole when they first meet each other. Yeah, and that's what I think him and Sakala would be like and all that kind of stuff. But then, I mean, all joking aside, I genuinely think that what he'll do is he'll be able to help it in there. And then you also add in the X factor, which we call Jermaine Defoe. And he will want to get his arms around these guys to be able to try and, and work on with them and stuff as well. And you know what Alfie's relationships uh, relationships been like with, with Defoe. I dare say Sakala will get back into that as well. So Alfie, I think, coming in just adds in that little bit extra uh, space. I think he'll come in. I think he'll 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 look to be able to try and make sure that he gets back amongst the goals as quickly as he can. But you just have this image of him, don't you, where he's just sitting like looking at the clock constantly to be able to try and make sure that he can he can get up and get ready for it. It's probably what we're all feeling when we're talking about tomorrow and then getting back into Irox for a full house on Tuesday. We're just, we're all desperate to see him play because we know how good he is, Cammy. We know what he's capable of, and especially with in the lead up to Malmo, um, you saw how well he played in the Europa League last year. Scored all those goals. He got noticed. He got recognised across Europe for it. And he's the type of player that if he's on our starting eleven on Tuesday night, 
it's going to put a little bit more fear into the Malmo players and into their preparation compared to other players they might not know as much about and that can only help us. Um, that's the stage he wants to play in. He wants to get in the Champions League. You saw how good he was at turning it on in the Europa League. You've got to imagine he'll do the same for this competition. We all just want our Buffalo back. I wouldn't um, would put you in the spot and say, name me a start in 11 that goes out against Hannity's, but would you st- would you start Alfredo Morelos or would you like to be able to try and just give him some game time? I don't think you start him. I think it's I think it's probably too much to start him, but given where he's where he's came from and where he's at kind of training wise, I think starting him would probably be dis a disadvantage dis- a disadvantage to his come Tuesday. Um so I'd have him on the bench and hopefully bring him on maybe for the last thirty minutes or something like that. Um that that's what I would go with. I think have him on the bench and bring him on for the last 30 minutes, regardless of scoreline, bring him on and get him ready for Tuesday. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, he'll probably want to start, and I, you're right, I've got the image in my head of his face when he's told that he's on the bench and all that <laughs> stuff. But listen, it's about managing resources, about, it's about getting back into it. I would like to see him, if the manager, and I think this is interesting because I think that if our plan was to play Cedric Itten, um against Malmo across in Sweden, then I would have liked to have seen him get some game time against Livingston because I thought initially there was a little bit of his touch and maybe he's lacking a bit of uh, a bit of confidence and stuff and maybe that's just just due to lack of game time. Alfie won't have that problem, but I think you're right. I think there's a fact that he needs to be able to get he needs to get into a game and get up to that level. And I think if and I think we're all hoping this, but if we can deal with Dundee United quickly and efficiently, the game the three points gets put out of sight then maybe that gives us the opportunity to be able to try and get him involved and, and give him some minutes in the legs and stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be starting him, but I would like to see him involved um, if the overall design is to be able to, to start him against Malmo because um, we know that he can he can score goals in Europe and um, you know he's, he's done it before. He's got us into... Um, he's got us into next rounds and, and, and through qualifiers previously, so I think it would be great to be able to have him involved in that. What I will do, Colin, just as we wrap up, is I will put you on the spot and say, do you um, believe Rangers will get the win tomorrow? And if so, who do you think will score the goals? I do I do think we'll win tomorrow. Um, we beat them three times out of three last season. We've put four past them at Ibrox twice. We beat them 2-1 at Tanadice, the one game we played there, where the defenders scored. I think it was Tavin Goldson that scored the goals in the first half. Um, I, I don't see it being as tight as 2-1 tomorrow. Um, I, I just think we're too good. I think we'll start similar to Livingston, um, like a train. And I think we'll score quite early on. And I think we'll probably match Livingston and do 3-0 again. Um, goals, let's go with... A goal for Tav. Let's go with a goal for... Let's go for Borna. I'd like to see Borna get back and see the score sheet he's not scored for a while. And then we'll round it off with Morelos in the last 30 minutes. Okay, an interesting choice, an interesting choice. If you'd uh, like to hear more from us, um, please make sure that you jump over and check on uh, check out our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Uh, you will get a number of shows uh, all about the Rangers across the course of the day, every single day, seven days a week. Uh, and tomorrow, for example, not only will we have uh, our preview, which came out um, already earlier on today, uh, but we'll have a hot mic session, which is uh, where we will be jumping on, Colin and myself and, and uh, the boss, David Edgar, will be coming onto our hot mic session as the, the game progresses so that we can talk to you throughout it and we can we can have some of the guys involved within that too. Uh, then we'll have the post-match. Uh, following the game to be able to try and discuss in detail obviously what the uh, the various permutations of it have been and then we build up to, to Tuesday as well David will be back with you 
uh, with the flagship on Monday as well. But like I say, jump onto Patreon if you want to be able to get some more Rangers fixes between now and then. Um, all that's left for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Colin, thank you for coming on. A tremendous guest as always. Um, and the great news is, and we'll give it a wee plug, you've got a new show launching on Sunday on the Patreon site. I do have a new show starting, yeah. I um, decided to give the old one a bit of a shelf for a while, try something fresh. So I've got a new show called uh, That Was The Week That Was, uh, where we look at what's going on this week for Rangers, what's going on this week in Rangers history. And we also finish the show off each week with a little look back at some of the best stuff on Rangers Twitter over the last seven days as well, which is always a good laugh. So yeah, first one is out with myself and Caroline on Sunday morning. So very much looking forward to hearing the feedback on that. And very much looking forward to the three games in eight days coming up, Cammy. Bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, folks, thanks so much. Uh, let's get three points at Tanadice tomorrow. Have a brilliant weekend. David will be back with you on Monday. I'll be back next week as well. Um, and like I say, let's uh, make sure that we uh, start that tough week with a bang. Thanks all. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.